Good morning, everybody. I hope you are having a fantastic Thursday, or if you're uh, tuning in after the fact, um, I hope you have had a, a good week uh, as we lead into the weekend. Uh, today is Coffee with the Pastor. I hope you have your coffee ready. Uh, let's see here. Keep sure everybody can hear me. Um, so today, uh, we're going to talk about some of my favorite subjects, and that is the spiritual disciplines and how that impacts ourselves. because we have been talking about changing our outward. Uh, we're talking about changing uh, together. Uh, moving forward together has been a common theme uh, since I arrived at First Lutheran. And so, uh, again, today, if, if you have any questions, please uh, type them up. Uh, we are on Facebook, YouTube. Periscope and Twitch this morning, uh, which is a blessing that we're able to stream. I'm going to verify that our sound is coming in just fine before we continue. Let's see here. All right. We are on Facebook. There we go. I verified our sound. So again, we're going to talk about the spiritual disciplines. So what are the spiritual disciplines? Uh Growing up in the Methodist church and then going to seminary uh, right now, I am so blessed that once again, United Theological Seminary is allowing me to come back as a spiritual advisor this fall uh, or this spring, I guess. Um, very exciting. And this is one of the areas that we talk about is the spiritual disciplines. And, and that is changing our inward self because it's not just about our outward self and what we look like to the outward world. But in fact, what we look like inside and, and how we're growing in our faith. Uh, and this comes back even in the Lutheran tradition to Martin Luther, uh, who was a monk in the Catholic Church, uh, who would have spent time in the spiritual disciplines. Uh, so I have a few websites pulled up uh, that we can explore together this morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. So uh, I just looked up, you know, what are the spiritual disciplines? And there's a lot more than 12 uh, spiritual disciplines. But, you know, these are some good good places to start. Um, and so this is very basic. But the spiritual disciplines, here's one. Prayer. Uh, spending time in prayer is a spiritual discipline. Intense prayer. Uh, meaning that you actually take some time away and apart to speak to God, uh, to, to hear his voice. Now, Sunday, if you heard my sermon, we explored the voice of God, the voice of God. Uh, and the voice of God, uh, we have to be quiet. And so we looked at 1 Samuel chapter 3, where Samuel is sleeping, young Samuel, and uh, he hears a voice. And he not only hears it one time, but three times. And Eli, uh, who he was kind of studying under, you know, said, the next time that God calls out to you, said, it is I, your servant, Samuel. And this is what Samuel does. And he uh, embraces the voice of the Lord um, and lives out his call. And he tells Eli exactly what God says. Now, sometimes that's a difficult piece, is that the Lord will speak to us and give us a word, but we know that everyone else is either going to, one, think we're crazy, two, isn't going to like what we have to say. Uh, so prophets are never liked uh, when they speak up for the Lord, but 
it is what it is. Uh, so we need to spend some time in prayer. And you know, we can we can go back to Jesus. Jesus gives us two examples. Uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what does he do? He goes out uh, by himself and prays to God. And what does he say? He says, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. And we know, I know from being in that place where Jesus was that night, that Jesus could have easily escaped and, and fled his crucifixion. But he lived out in the ultimate way the sacrifice that his father was calling them to. Uh, just incredible. And then we know that the disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, how do we pray? And uh, at least I know in the Lutheran tradition, we say the Lord's Prayer a lot, more than I ever said in any other church I've ever been a part of. Um, and we say it every Sunday. We say it at the end of, of council meetings, etc. cetera. Um, but it's a model of prayer, right? It's not, you must pray this way. It's these are the things, this is how you should pray. It's a structure of prayer. Uh, and, and you notice a few things in there. Uh, God tells us to pray. Jesus tells us to pray. Uh, our Father who art in heaven. So we're acknowledging who God is. We acknowledge who we are as sinners. We acknowledge the sin that, that affects us from others. We acknowledge that God is a provider of life. We're not. Uh, and we also end that prayer by saying, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is our charge that faith, again, is not passive, but active, that we have to be engaged in our faith by making the world a better place. That, in fact, uh, God calls us to be disciples here on earth, not just in heaven. So uh, some incredible things, but we should be spending some time in prayer every day single day, multiple times a day, um, because if we don't, we lose connection with God. Uh, how can we know somebody we don't talk to? Um, and it's not just at nighttime before you go to sleep. It's not just in the morning when you rise. It's throughout the day. It's a, it's a uh, body embodiment of prayer. Um, pretty incredible. So fasting, what is, I mean, we, we should be fasting. But again, that looks different for everybody. Uh, and there are some of us that have medical limitations to abstaining from anything. Um, but it, fasting, not for the purpose of dieting. Uh, there's a lot of people that do this intermediate fasting now. And I tried it and I lost a bunch of weight. But it wasn't a spiritual exercise. See, in this case, it's a spiritual exercise. It's, it's knowing that God sustains us. And God provides for us. And so I, I honestly think it would be a good thing for our congregation here at First Lutheran to engage in some type of fasting. Uh, maybe it's a fast from electronic devices for a while, which is so hard right now with COVID uh, because it's the one way we communicate. But it's not a bad thing. Maybe one day a week we fast from uh, electronics. Um, I know John Wesley, for example, fasted, uh, I believe, three, let's see, two two times a week, two times a week, um, every single week. And so I, I think it's important that we uh, rely on the Lord, rely on God uh, as our substance, uh, not on ourselves, not on what good steaks we can cook. And some of you guys are really good cooks. I see on your Facebook uh, profiles all the time. So um, confession, 
Uh, so we know that on Sunday mornings here at our church, we have corporate confession and absolution. Uh, and that is very important that, that we do that. And the Lord God gave us that authority uh, as a Lutheran pastor. We call that office of the keys. And, and that's the authority by Christ uh, to announce the forgiveness of sins that he provides. Uh, and that's a healing thing. Uh, and for Roman Catholics, they go to private confession with the priests and some Lutheran churches. Uh, and that is the debate within Lutheranism. Is that the third sacrament? Um, don't know where I really stand on that, nor do I want to take a stance on it right now. Um, but we should be confessing our sins to one another, that when we have sinned against each other, uh, that we take that seriously, that we we seek forgiveness, we seek uh, penance, um, and and that's all, all of us, including me. Uh, we have to be able to, to ask forgiveness, to confess our sins, go before the Lord every day, and say, God, I'm sorry. Uh, God, I am sorry. I have sinned against you and your word, thought and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Um, absolutely. Worship, that's pretty self-explanatory. But, you know, when we come to the house of worship, the church, or we're worshiping online, especially right now, um, it's not just to get our obligation done for the week. And, and all of us can be guilty of that. It's more than that, right? It's a spiritual connection with God. And we have to have that. If not, it's pointless. Uh, we don't come to church for ourselves. We don't come to church for the pastor. Uh, I, I love all of you, but you don't come to church for me. You come to church for God. Uh, that That is what church is about. That's what worship is about. And it gives us a Let's see, it gives us a scripture here. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring him an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of holiness. So we come before the Lord in the house of God uh, to praise him for who he is and who we're not. Again, we're not God. He is. So to go before him, we can't worship ourselves. We can't worship things in the world. We don't want to make a false God out of anything. We want to worship God for who he is. Um, and I think we do that more than just Sunday morning, right? Like we worship God wherever we are. It's something I've been asking you all that my home pastor <coughs> asked me and asked our congregation every Sunday, where did you see God this week? Because where you see God is also where you worship God. Uh did you see him in the sunset, sunrise? Uh, did you see him in some snow outside, um, etc.? It doesn't always have to be a nature reference, but I like nature. So um, let's see. Fellowship. So you know those people that say, um, you know, I don't have to be a Christian. I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Well, uh, it's nonsense. <laughs> um you can absolutely, you can be a Christian and not go to church, uh, but uh, can you grow in your faith? Uh, can you be discipled? Maybe, maybe you can open up the Bible and, and read it, but there's no accountability. There's no fellowship. It says uh, Acts 2, 42 here, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayer. It gives us a prime example of what the church is supposed to be doing, right? 
uh, that we devoted ourselves to teaching and fellowship. So we're reading the word of God on a regular basis. We're fellowshipping with one another as fellow believers and Christians. Uh, we're breaking bread. We're having the Eucharist, communion. So I'm in favor of weekly communion. Uh, right now with COVID, that makes it a little complicated, but we break bread. And we have prayer uh, that we devote ourselves to a life of prayer. Uh, we need to do that. That's uh, part of the disciplines. Um, let's continue. Let's see. We rest. So come to me, all who labor and are heavy, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. So we know again, we are not God. He's God, right? So what did the Lord do on the last day? Like he rested when he made the earth. So if we're not going to be God, we have to rest. Period. We have to rest. Um, let me tell you, I'm guilty of not resting. Um, I'm guilty of not being able to just relax uh, because there's always stuff to do. Uh, people are going to hell, and I feel that I need to be working on that. Um, and so I'm, I get in trouble for not resting, but I'm not God either. So I need to rest. Matthew 11, 28. We have to rest. Uh, and we're always connected. Uh, it, I think it even says this here. Modern technology has made us always accessible. Uh, we don't like to turn our phones off. Um, one of my colleagues up in Michigan, uh, Pastor Corey, that we talked with on Mondays, uh, he took the Facebook app off of his smartphone uh, for a while. I think he might still have it off of there uh, so that he's not constantly engaged uh, in the social media trap that we that we see ourselves in. Uh, and it's a real issue. I think it's going to have to be addressed uh, because it's affecting our, our spiritual lives as well. Uh, let's rest. Uh, celebration. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Philippians 4.4. 4. So uh, I've been, again, trying to drill this in on Sunday morning, right? Uh, during prayers of the church. I say, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? How's God working? Um, it's easy. We can come together and, and we, we are to support each other's burdens. But we also should be celebrating what God is doing in our lives and life of the church. Uh, and so I challenge you every week. What are you grateful for? How is God working? So this coming Sunday, I hope, I hope the more Sundays that I'm here, the more people recognize the work of God and things are grateful for. I want every single body in church to be able to have at least one thing they're grateful for that week so we can celebrate together. Service. All right. So again, um, we do good works. Why? Because we are saved, not because we're trying to get saved. Uh, that's that's what that's a distinctive of who we are as Lutherans, as Protestants. Honestly, uh, we understand that we're already saved by the grace of God, by the blood of Jesus on the cross. Uh, but it says here, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So when I was a school teacher, this was like one of my go-to scriptures because I really struggled because I was called into ministry, but yet I was teaching school. Um, and sometimes, I'm going to be honest, I miss those kids. That was real ministry. Uh, I just didn't really fully understand it. Um but whatever I do, no matter if I teach school, 
if I'm the the janitor, if I'm um, whatever, whatever position I hold, if I'm a mailman like my father, I work fully like I'm doing it for the Lord because we don't know how the Lord is going to use us in our positions to make a uh, make a change in the world. Um, I'm trying to remember a few years ago I went to. Uh, this conference in Orlando, and it was talking about being world changers. Uh, and and how we do that is we influence people. Uh, we influence the next generation. And so we become world changers by influence, influencing people. And I remember seeing a YouTube video uh, not that long ago from a UPS driver uh, that I don't know how she got away with it, but she stopped and, and she prayed uh, with this family. They accepted Jesus into their life. Um, you just never know how God is going to use you. Uh, be ready to be of service to God. Um, and sometimes uh, it's inconvenient. Uh, maybe you're in a rush to get something done. But God's got another plan for you. Generosity. It's more blessed to give than receive, Acts 20, 35. And so, again, uh, when we join the church, we, we tell the church body, we commit to the church body, we commit to the Lord that we will support the church with our times, time, talent, and treasure. And so that's our generosity. We have to be able to be uh, cheerful givers for the Lord. Um, whatever that looks like, you know, that's personal accountability. Uh, it's family accountability. Uh, and it's not just to the church, right? It's, it's to, to his ministry. Uh, so the Lord is calling you to give to a certain cause. Uh, I know for us, ex when a natural disaster happens, like a hurricane, uh, we feel inclined uh, to do something. Uh, and so uh, we have to be cheerful. Don't do it because you have to. It's not a, if, if you're saying, well, I have to do this, uh, you know, the church needs it, or, or the Bible tells me I got to give my 10% and you're upset about it, then that's not. That's not the purpose. Uh, we have to do it with joy uh, and be generous. Let's see here. Uh, 11, chastity from sexual immorality. And so uh, we now obviously we know this is a major issue within the church today uh, that uh, human sexuality has been reduced to uh, very sinful behavior in the world. Um Man, it's everything goes now. Uh, you know, the Bible's very clear where God stands on human sexuality. Uh, when he was in the garden, he created man and then he created woman in his likeness. Um, and so God makes it clear for us. And the more that we continue in this journey, uh, the more that I, I believe we're going to have to be really careful how we raise our children. Um, we're going to have to fight for our beliefs as believers in Jesus, uh, believers of the Bible. Um, yesterday, our new president, not to get too political, uh, elected a uh, transgender woman as the health secretary. Uh, and that is troubling to me as a father. And And my sister shared with me that uh, her her daughter at the school book fair, uh, or have they have books for kindergarten students dealing with sexuality from a worldview. So we have to be able to stand up for what we believe is right uh, based on 
what God says is right. So again, it's nothing about what we feel uh, at all. It's all about what God says is the moral law. Uh, so as soon as, again, we get out of the idea that we are God, uh, the more this stuff makes sense. And lastly, uh, disciple making can be a spiritual discipline. So when we invest in the lives of other people, it impacts us as well. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been on a mission trip, but when you go on a mission trip, often the the word is, well, I got more than they got. You know, I received more than I gave. Uh, and I know this was the case, especially back in like, what was it, 2013, I believe. I brought my my students from Carlson Memorial United Methodist Church over to New Orleans uh, for a mission trip. Man, that was such a great trip. Um, we had a, a several kids. I think there might have been like 20 of us, I think. I have to go back and look at the pictures. Um, and we brought our kids over there and we stayed at my home church. And every day, uh, the district of uh, New Orleans of the UMC uh, had daily mission trips, mission opportunities for us for that week. And I'll tell you, my kids all say they gained weight uh, leaving the trip because people from our church would come in and bring us food every single day. It was wonderful. Uh, but I got to share our culture growing up. Uh, being from New Orleans, it's much different than anywhere else. And then uh, we also got to give back, uh, especially to those churches in poor areas like the Lower Ninth Ward of New Orleans that were still at that time recovering from Katrina. Some of them have yet to come back. Um, we got to paint. We got to, uh, I don't know, we got to do all kinds of different things uh, during that trip. Uh, it was really incredible. And those kids will tell you, they got more out of it than, than they gave. Uh, and so... Uh, I will forever be grateful that those parents allowed Amanda and myself. Um, we had a youth intern, Jacob Durham's, who I'm really grateful for. He was really involved in that trip uh, to make that happen. And so, um, but we, we made disciples in, in that process that we were engaged in worship. We were engaged in prayer. We we're engaged in all of this stuff. And let me tell you, as a, as a pastor, there's no greater joy than seeing the light bulb go off, just like a school teacher does when their student has that light bulb go off. I love it when I see a member of my church click. It, they get it. They understand. Their life has changed. Uh, and I can go through all kinds of stories. Uh, I was serving one congregation again. And this is when I was a youth worker. Uh, man, those were some good days. Uh, I had this one kid, just one that wanted to know more about Jesus out of like the 12 I had. And uh, we met for coffee and Bible study. And we studied um, what was crazy love by Francis Chan. And I remember him one day just saying, I, I want to accept Jesus into my heart. Uh, and I've been meeting with that with him once a week for, I don't know, six months. And in his particular denomination, like that was a huge thing because we didn't acknowledge Jesus or accept Jesus because we we either saved or not saved. Um, and so he accepted Jesus into his heart that day. Um, discipleship. We have to make disciples. Um, and so, again, these are just 12 of the disciplines that uh, this one site recommends. Uh, but there are hundreds 
of disciplines, and, and maybe we'll go through some of those. Uh, Richard Foster. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick. Richard Foster. So Richard Foster has a book called The Celebration of Discipline. It's a really good book uh, that I had to read in seminary and Bible college, uh, two different denominational schools. So what I'm saying is uh, everyone thinks it's a good book. Uh, so if you have never heard of the spiritual disciplines, don't know anything about it, it's a good book to get started on. Um, I recommend it. Look, you can get it for four bucks, three eighty-eight used. Uh, so it's not a huge investment. You could also get it on Kindle. And I believe, um, let's see here. They do have it on audiobook on Audible. I love listening to books on Audible because frankly, I don't have the time to read all the books that, I, that get thrown in front of me. Um, so check it out. Uh, tell me what you think. I, I believe, honestly, it will change your connection with faith. Uh, your connection with God. And we, uh, I know as in my position as a spiritual director, it's something that uh, I believe in my first year students that I've been honored to serve uh, that we went through together it was Richard Foster's celebration of discipline. Um, and then in my own experience in my own faith journey, uh, it has been an incredible experience. So um, let's see, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of switch over, I'm going to spend a little bit more time with y'all this morning um, than I kind of anticipated. So, all right. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit of, again about vision casting for our church. Um, so we're talking about the disciplines and that's, it's very intentional. So we have to change our inward self to change our outward self. We have to get closer to God in order to be different outside uh, in the church and in the community. So when I was growing up, my home pastor would tell me this. It says, every good preacher has a sermon in their pocket. You never know uh, on a rainy day what's going to happen. So this became my sermon in the pocket. Uh, I don't know, three, no, three years ago now, I believe, three or four years ago. Um, and I, I shared this word with the church council at one point, but I haven't with the church body. And I'm not, I'm going to save my sermon in the pocket, but I'm going to go over it a little bit. So it's, it's out of the Psalms and it tells us this, right? <clears throat> Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Psalm 127 verse 1a. So we have to rely on Jesus and God, right? God, the father, the son, and the Holy spirit to be the ones building our house, building our church. And I pray over the, since 1942 that that has been the case for our church, because if not, we labor in vain. Um, Christianity as a whole, unless the Lord builds the house, in vain do the labors labor. Um, so when we are doing ministry, when we are building the church for the future, when we look at faith, family, future, we have to ask ourselves, is the Lord building that house? And if the Lord's not doing it, then we're, we're just spinning wheels. We're doing what Eugene Peterson said in my sermon on Sunday. Uh, we are being Christian entrepreneurs, and there's nothing wrong with that. We can be a Christian entrepreneur. We have to in 2021. We've had to the last 10 years. We've had to do things differently uh, than we're accustomed to. We have to 
think outside of the box. However, we have to do what the Lord tells us to do. We have to look at his voice, discern the voice of God, as I talked about on Sunday, and then go from there. Uh, we don't do things and then and then expect the Lord to catch up to us. That's not how it works. And I have a I have a fear that oftentimes that's what the Christian church does is we have these great ideas, we go and do them, and sometimes we spend lots of money and time and energy, but we've never asked God what He wants us to do. So again, we have to go back to the spiritual discipline of prayer and discernment and listening to his voice. So we need to understand that the Lord builds the house. And here at First Lutheran, that's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to ask the Lord to build this house. We're going to discern the voice of God and figure out what in the world he wants us to do, even if it's something completely different and crazy that we've never expected. Um, because I can tell you, oftentimes that's what God does is the unexpected. Um, I've shared, I, I never expected to move to Dundalk, Maryland, but here I am because I have to trust in what the Lord says. Um, and the Lord spoke really clearly that day that I uh, called Roddy and said, Roddy, I accept the call to come to First Lutheran. Uh, it was the Lord's call on my life. And so it's the Lord's call on this church to allow the Lord to build the house. Uh, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, over the next couple of weeks with Coffee with the Pastor, uh, I'm going to call on members of this congregation, starting with the church council, and I'm going to invite them on as a guest. And we're going to talk about how the Lord is going to build this house. We're going to vision cast. We're going to ask God to guide us. We're going to spend some time in prayer. So um, I'm meeting with a couple council members even today in their different ministry areas of the church. And I'm going to see if they'd be game for uh, joining me here online on Thursdays at 10 o'clock and to see how the Lord may be speaking. And if you again, if you go down the hallway as you enter the church now, um, there is a bulletin board there. And it's asking, uh, what, what would you like to see in our future? And what is God saying to you? And I want to empower and to encourage you to fill out that board. I want to know within 30 days the vision that people of this church see for us. I want to know the direction uh, that we should be praying about for our congregation. Because when the body of Christ comes together uh, and shares, I think that's a powerful thing. And it may be affirming. Maybe the Lord is speaking to 20 or 30 people on the same thing, and we just don't know about it. Uh, so we need to hear your voice. Also, uh, that does, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, Facebook message me. Call me. Leave me a voicemail if I don't answer. Text me on my work line. My number is 410-417-7224. Again, 410-417-7224. And you can call me on that number, text me on that number, and I will respond at some point. Uh, I want to hear your voice. So join us next Thursday at 10 o'clock, and we will, I'm hoping, have a special guest from our congregation to share about the vision. Also, I will be inviting Brad Hales. Uh, he is with the North American Lutheran Church, and he is in, kind of in charge of what we call aging ministry or maturing ministry. Uh, and I want to pick his brain on some ways 
especially for our seniors, that we can be engaging in ministry context in a unique way. Because guys, I care about everybody from birth to death. That's that's the role of the shepherd of the congregation. I care about every single one of you. I want to see you engaged in discipleship and engaged in the spiritual disciplines. And so I want to get his perspective um, and see what Nalk can offer us as a church to help with that. Uh, so at some point, again, we'll, we'll see him on here. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in this morning for this 37-minute uh, study together with Coffee with the Pastor. I look forward to seeing you next Thursday. May God bless you and keep you.